Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. You're listening to Soho Radio. I'm Claire Lynch and this is the Soho Society Hour. On Sorry, this isn't. This is the Soho Hour. Tomorrow morning will be the Soho Society Hour. This, um, on this morning's Soho Hour, we are going to be speaking to uh, a Soho sex worker about the effects of the COVID-19 outbreak working from home and also about donating to the Swarm to Swarm, the sex uh, sex Work Hive Hardship Fund, which is out there really to support those sex workers in need in what is a very difficult time for many people in all sorts of different fields of employment. We are going to be we are joined on the telephone by a young woman who's been working in Soho for the past four years, I believe. Good morning. Hi. So um, when we spoke, I should say to listeners, we spoke on the phone yesterday and I, I'm not going to be, um, I'm going to be speaking in broad terms this morning. We're not going to be using names and also I'm not going to specifically say where my guest worked for her protection and really for those, and also for those of the other um women and also men that are sex workers in Soho. Um, and when we chatted yesterday, we were saying that you've been in Soho for four years and this is very much a job that you've chosen to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something that I enjoy, like I wouldn't do anything else. And you've worked in various different premises in Soho. What's the kind of community like here for you? Um. Yeah, it feels really good. Like, um, I can be myself um, and stuff. I think, like, sex workers have been in Soho for a really long time. It's Well, there's certainly, yeah, there's a very, very long history of, of that for sure. I mean, when it came to um, news of the COVID-19 outbreak and the lockdown, what did yourself and other people, um, other sex workers around here, what were the, what, how were everybody feeling? Um, well, quite worried because um, a lot of the premises have been shut down. So um, that was kind of like my main income. So, um, yeah, a lot of us can't really work at the moment and can't get um, government support either. Because we'll come on to government support in just a moment. But when it came to uh, the lockdown, a lot of us were kind of like is it isn't going to happen. And I think when we, when we were talking yesterday, you were saying that business changed a little bit in those last few days. Yeah, like leading up to it, it was so busy. And it was really weird because like out and about, it was like completely dead. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd maybe like 
everyone was trying to come in before lockdown happened or something. Cause yeah, you... my last my last day was really busy. Because you have regular customers, I think, quite often, don't you? Yeah. And um, for you now, I, get, I, I mean, all of us are being asked now to stay at home and work from home where possible. How, what, how possible is that for you and what, what have you done to try and work from home? Um, I can do some stuff online, but it doesn't really pay like, enough to cover my bills. Um, so I'm still kind of like a bit worried like about the long term. I know it's like really important that we stay in and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not really sure I'm going to pay my bills on that at the moment. Because could you explain a little bit about how online works and why it's more difficult to make income that way? Um, I'm on this website called OnlyFans, um, and it's like um, there's just so many people on there like there's so much competition and I think a lot of people think that it's like really easy to sell videos and stuff but um you have to like upload them all the time and you have to market yourself it's like running a whole business um so it's it's kind of like I'm trying to start it up from scratch which is huge isn't it to kind of like overnight try and create a a, a whole new business is something that regardless of what industry you're in that is a massive challenge yeah like usually it takes people like months to get um like subscribers on there and stuff so I'm just trying to do that as much as I can because um sorry carry on sorry I was just gonna say it doesn't really feel like a reliable source of income Right. And it's because it's, you know, for for, well, for many people having to change the way they work, you know, I mean, I'm self-employed and, and um, I can't say I'm having it, you know, it's, it is a huge challenge to try. And I'm someone who normally does a lot of things um, at live events where I physically would need to be there for, you know, for it to take place. And these things aren't happening. And I suppose... You know, for for yourself, you know, it's a similar kind of thing, and where you know you need to be present in order. Well, that's how your business has run up until now. Yeah, it's really kind of difficult. Like where it's like one of those jobs where you're in such close contact with people as well. Um, it makes it really difficult to work. Because, um, we were I, we, when we spoke before, there are um organisations out there trying to help um sex workers at the moment there's swarm which is the sex workers advocacy advocacy if i can say it properly and resistant movement who have created a hardship fund to help um as they put it help us build a hardship fund for sex workers in a time of crisis and their hardship fund um they said is is for the most marginalized um who are the most risk and um says we often have um I guess this must be a quote from someone. We often have no one, to, nowhere to turn if clients if clients stop coming to see us and can face poverty or homelessness. So that it's a real a real issue for a lot of people at the moment, isn't it? Where they're going to find their money to, as you say, pay the bills. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of other self employed people, um, like we were saying, people on zero contracts and that. Not everyone's covered. It'd be good if there was just like a universal basic wage for everyone i think there's a lot of people out there supporting that and it's um most definitely something that um i would support 
sadly isn't there at the moment. And so for those who would like to support people in um, your industry, Swarm is, I think, probably the, the best place for people to uh, donate to. Would you agree? Um, yeah, definitely. I think they've helped quite a few sex workers who are struggling. And for those who want to donate, if you go online to Swarm swarm org and click on their um uh, donate button they have a, a little bit there that says five, five um gives you various different options and they will be all the money coming in between now and the end of april is definitely going to go to their hardship fund but they've also got um i noticed when i was looking on the, in their resources they've got an advice um they've got advice there for um sex workers in the um during the covid-19 outbreak which is pretty amazing i mean for it's there are a lot of people within your industry who do try and support each other as far as i can understand yeah it's so good um i suppose you kind of have to at the minute yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's, well, we're all we're all reliant so much on 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 um uh on our support networks so for you i mean at the moment, obviously, you're working from home. Ideally, um, I presume you'd, you'd like to be back here in Soho. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to when everything goes back to normal. Um, yeah. What do you miss about not being here? Um, I kind of just miss normality and um, just, like, going out and seeing people and um, knowing that I have, like, a secure income for sure it's kind of like being able to leave the house and stuff yeah it is very strange isn't it it's kind of yeah yeah and and within Soho do you think that you know I mean obviously we've seen a huge reduction in the number of places that sex workers can work indoors is it a place that you feel that 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 people are still able to work and work happily um yeah definitely I'd say that um I feel like totally happy where I work um yeah well that's that's it's it's nice to know because I mean our community is a kind of an eclectic um and interesting community with lots and lots of different people in it and it has been amazing to talk to you this morning is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners before we play your choice of song this morning um I don't think so all right. Well, but you tell us what you've chosen and why um, why we're going to play it. Um, I've chosen Ghost Town by The Specials because I think it really describes how things are at the moment. It does. And also, do you know what is funny? When you chose it, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but there's a, one of those pedicab cycles, um, you know, the... Um, the cyclists with the, the the trailer at the back where they drive tourists around on that oh. f- for years used to ride around Zoho, particularly at like two, three in the morning, playing this super loud. And it was oh, kind really? of, yeah, yeah, so I was like, this is a Soho song for me in oh, so many yeah. ways. So thank you very much. And as I said, for those who would like to support um, sex workers at this difficult time, because um, as you said, there are many who sadly don't qualify for the uh, self-employment help for a number of reasons, whether that be the number of years registered or all sorts of other um, reasons. If you go to Swarm Collective, uh, sorry, Swarm 
swarmcollective.org and click on their donate button. And um, that's really a, a good place to go to help those within the, um, the sex workers in, in Soho and really during a time of... Actually, they support sex workers across the whole of the UK, but help sex workers in this is time of need. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank and um, look forward to, to keeping in touch with you over the coming weeks and months. OK, All thank right. you. Bye. Bye. Discombobulated state here this Friday morning. It's it, Soho is, as it has been for the past couple of weeks, unbelievably quiet. I live directly above the gate, the entrance that goes in and out to where I live, and it's not clanging. And that should be fine. I'm sure lots of people would think, oh, what, what's your problem? <laughs> and I guess there shouldn't be one, but there is. So in the evening at the moment, I'm going out for walks to Hyde Park, to various places. And usually I would go off the side roads, avoid the traffic. But at the moment, I'm being drawn to the streets with the buses, with the taxis, with anything that has sound. And last night, I was walking along Piccadilly at eight o'clock when there were the cheers and claps for the NHS. And there was one residents there where there was a man with a gong and chefs outside and I suddenly felt at ease I didn't hadn't realized until this happening how much the busy soundscape of Soho makes me feel safe and secure so hopefully you're getting what you need to feel you know the same way inside for you on this morning's show we are going to be talking to Soho resident and artist Catherine Weiner about her Instagram platform, Art for Mental Health. I've kept her on the line for a while, so hopefully Catherine's still there. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Claire. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> oh, good. Sorry, I was yeah. <laughs> waffling slightly about how... how... No, it's okay. <laughs> like, I totally understand, obviously, because I am living very near you, so it's very strange to not have all the usual noises. It's it's peculiar, isn't it? It's really it's really odd. So I'm kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I mean, I I put out. We've now have Catherine lives in within where I live, um, and mm. uh, we joined a, a, a WhatsApp group. At least Elizabeth within where they live set one up, and I put out a mm. call out to say, would anyone like to come on the radio? And and you very kindly said yes. Mm. <laughs> So um, perhaps we could start by talking a little bit about your background when you first became interested in art and how it's helped you yeah. helped you both as a child and also as an adult. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, really, I've always made art for as long as I can really remember. You know, when I was a child, I would paint, I would make things, I would kind of construct objects and I would also write. I still have um, I think the first book I wrote when I was four, which was The Adventures of Smooze. Um, oh. And then, yeah, it's like a little book and it's like a little short story book. 
um, with little pictures in it and things. So, and then as an adult, I became more interested in, you know, lots of different mediums. So printmaking, sculpture, filmmaking, performance. And I think sort of on a more personal level, I developed some chronic illness when I was seven. So from the age of seven, I, I spent quite a lot of time at home. Um, and I always, I, I made art as a way to help me manage, to express myself and to cope. And then as an adult, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder about six years ago. And it's almost, I think over the years, it's really taught me and I've used it as a coping mechanism. And I believe in sort of the power of art to help support your mental health. And so you went on to study psychology at UCL, which um, was at the time when you began collaborating with a fellow student who was an art mm. student at the time in her projects. Can you speak a bit about the positive impact the, um, the act of collaborating in the art of creation had on you and also the others who worked with, um, with Ginger, I believe? Yeah, so I met my friend Ginger um, while I was studying. Uh, she was a student at the Slade, and uh, so she was studying fine art and I was studying psychology. We became very close friends, and most of her artwork was kind of performance-based, um, and I was in that work for about four years, and it was a, it was, it was a performance-based choir um, and but it was very collaborative in the way that it worked. So even though it was Ginger's artwork, it was it felt like we were part of a group that, you know, it it it, it just taught me a lot. She taught me a lot essentially about how powerful the act of collaboration can be on art and the sense of community. Um, and she also she found she co-founded Slade Queer Club, which was sort of a group of LGBTQ artists at the Slade um, and you know put on different performances and it essentially I think she taught me a lot about bringing people together and how powerful that act can be in in creating community and support um, yeah that's yeah pretty much was an amazing time so about two years ago, you decided to set up Art for Mental Health, the Instagram account, and now you've got close to 8,000 followers. Can you talk about um, why you decided to create this account and also the early stages of the project, how you built it, built it you know, built this incredible platform? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I just felt like, you know, social media is very interesting in that it can you know, there's a whole community of people that use social media to support each other. And I felt like there is a lot of potential for artists that are using, you know, making, expressing art to um, support their mental health. Um, or maybe they have mental illness as well and they're using art. I felt like there was there was a space there for a platform to showcase their work. And in the early stages of the account, I was you know, having to go and approach people, find, sort of source them, you know, find them on Instagram through hashtags and approach them and ask them, would they be okay with being featured on the account? And most, you know, pretty much most people would be, were really happy to have their work featured. But then as the Instagram account grew, you know, people would tag themselves um, so that essentially... I would get so many tags a day 
which is basically people tagging their artwork so that it goes into your account um, and that you can essentially just look through a lot of different pieces of work and then I could choose what to post, you know. So they're kind of almost um, like submissions, aren't they? You know, by tagging, yeah. they're sort of saying, you know. Yeah, that it's okay for, for it to be featured. It feels like it's it's sort of someone saying, yes, you know, I really would like my work to be shown on the account. Um, and it, it giving permission, yeah. So now that you're no longer having to seek out artists, can you talk about your plans to extend the project through a website providing a platform for artists to both exhibit their work but also to sell their work? Yeah, so I think the next stage really is that I have the web domains, so for Art for Mental Health, um, and I'm developing a website at the moment to link to the Instagram. So, it will, you know, it will be a blog as well, so just to have the Instagram. Not everyone has Instagram. So, you know, if people find out about the website through another medium, then they can still see what's posted on there. But I'm also very interested in, you know, supporting artists to sell their work as well. And I feel that a website, you know, with a shop, almost like an online gallery, but where they can, you know, sell work, would be would be really helpful I think because um it's it's not so easy to to sell work in ways like for artists you know if you're just working from home it's difficult to sort of get yourself out there so I think having a sort of online gallery um that provides that platform as well would be really helpful and then also I'm quite interested in having a making a series of zines so for people that don't know what a zine is, it's like a mini magazine. Um, and usually they're quite sort of, you know, sometimes they can be quite sort of DIY-ish. You know, people can just make They can sort of come from then... a slightly punk aesthetic, don't they, where people yeah, would, you definitely. know, like they wouldn't wait for permission or a publisher. They would just be like, exactly. I want to do this, do this, I'm going to make it. Exactly, exactly. It's definitely kind of comes from that kind of, route you know and I think yeah it's a bit of a pushback against certain things um and these you're having... th sorry no you, you go for it <laughs> but you, you're thinking about these being themed issues I, I believe yeah definitely I'm thinking of themes um at the moment so um I I don't have any specific ideas I'm thinking of a series so it may be like themes on I think also I'd like it to be collaborative in the decision you know, so I even think I'll make an Instagram post and ask people for ideas, you know, for to see what people think. And then and then, you know, I, 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 I even though I've sort of set this up, I'm also I care about it being like a collaborative in a way. Um, yeah. So I have some ideas, but I will probably suggest them to the follow like all the followers of the account and see what feedback people say. It's one of the things that you're also interested in doing, um, I believe, is setting up a an, a group that meets up in an accessible LGBTQ-friendly space where you can offer a space for people to come together and, you know, participate in the act of, of um, you know, in the creative act, either individually or collaboratively, collaboratively, if I can say the word. Yeah. Um, can you talk about what, how that might work and also what, what you would need? 
Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I think that there is a need for a, you know, a space where people can come that maybe have lived experience of mental illness and that they feel like it's relaxed enough and also it's understanding enough and also um, that will be inclusive, you know, to for if you are part of the LGBTQ family. Um, and just something that is quite relaxed um, but accessible, you know. I also, the thing is, is that a lot of people that have mental illness um or not a lot of people but some people with mental illness will also have physical disabilities like having some chronic health problems or you know it's not it you know it's just not uncommon like myself I have some chronic health problems as well to have be struggling with mental illness um so it, you know a space that is accessible and doesn't like stop people coming that maybe have any kind of mobility difficulties but there isn't really just any kind of space where people can actually do art you know it, it doesn't have to be a huge space but just somewhere where there's enough space for like maybe 10 people to sit around tables um you know even the artwork doesn't have to be messy if that's an issue you know like it doesn't have to be painting based it could be drawing it could be um using photography um because you know nowadays we can even just take photographs on our phone um you know if you and if you don't have a phone there'll be another way to find you know a way you know to make it happen like um but any kind of help really or any kind of if anyone really wants to get involved in this project you know the art for mental health and has any kind of passion about this or i think it's so you know, people are talking about it a lot more now and raising awareness of mental health because we all have mental health. You know, whether or not we have lived experience of mental illness, we will probably all know someone that does. And um, so, yeah, I'm just sort of open call really for anyone or anyone that has a space or anyone that feels like they want to get involved um, with any of these projects or feels passionate about this cause would love for anyone to get in touch with me via the Instagram account, Art for Mental Health. And one last thing that you'd also like to do in Soho is to hold an exhibition, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I've been thinking about this for a while and I'm planning an exhibition. I had been planning this for August, but obviously, you know, we don't know what the current situation is going to be, so it may be delayed. But I am setting up and holding a group exhibition sort of including my own work and it will be all artists that are um that have lived experience of mental illness but are also lgbtq like part of that family so that i think that could be quite interesting really um and it will be themed as well and the first exhibition is going to be have the theme of on childhood brilliant well, yeah. as um, as Catherine has just said, if if anybody's interested either in um, submit, you know, tagging their work for um for it to be featured on the Art for Mental Health um Instagram account, or if they're interested in uh, the zines, the website, mm -hmm. or any of the groups, 
or if you're someone who can offer a space in Soho, mm. particularly an accessible LGBTQ friendly space, please do get in touch. It's at Art for Mental Health. We're going to play um, a song that you have chosen now. Um, you've asked yeah. us to play Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat. Why is that? Um, it was it was um, Ginger, one of Ginger's favourite songs. Oh, cool. Excellent. Well, this, one, this one is for Ginger. Thank you so much for joining me this morning, Catherine. Good to speak Thank to you. Thank you so much, Claire. You're Thank welcome. You. Bye. Bye.